Welcome to the Garlic Boys Podcast, where we treat friendship like good recipes treat garlic. You can never have too much of it. We're your hosts. I'm Connor O'Connor. And I'm Dr. Demento. Dr. Demento, otherwise known as Dwight Schrute, a.k.a. Matthew Hawks. A.k.a. Rain Wilson. A.k.a. Rainmaker Money Shaker. <laughs> I don't know, dude. <laughs> Uh, we are recording way later than we usually do because I got busy tonight and yeah. I'm I'm like on the edge of loopy. Oh, oh, for sure. I passed uh, that like an hour ago. <laughs> I took a nap earlier because I and I thought that was gonna help. Yeah. Uh it didn't. I'm just so so out of it. But we're here. Yeah. Uh how was your week, Matt? My week's been all right. Uh, it was harrowed by um, voting, which was annoying. And not to get political or anything. Oh, no. <laughs> um, but who the heck came up with the term gubernatorial? Some, you never heard of that? It has to do with the, the governor. But the word is gubernatorial. Goober? Are you sure it's Goober? G-U-B-E-R. Goober. Unless it's Gubber, <laughs> which I think is so much worse. But that word is the, the silliest word on the planet. And it has to do with our government. Oh, yeah. Because why would our government do anything that's silly and doesn't make any sense? <laughs> it just It just baffles me. I heard that word for the first time this voting cycle. And I was like, Huh? What? What? What is a gubernatorial? Gubernatorial? No. What? Where did, where did you hear that word? Uh, probably like Fox News or something. Not okay. that I watch Fox News, but it was on at work. <laughs> so, like, can you give me a context for it? Because I I've never heard this word before. It's it's like I I don't know. I I heard the word. It's just like gubernatorial elections or gubernatorial candidate i think it was candidate gubernatorial candidate are you I, sure are you sure that since you heard it on fox news that they weren't mocking the no, candidate? no no pretty sure i've read it i read it when i was researching who to vote for too like it's an actual word i swear I'll like, tell you what. Up, I'll, I'll look it up right now. I'll tell you what. If it was on the ballot, I didn't read that. Um, <laughs> not not <laughs> that I didn't read my ballot because, <laughs> I mean, I didn't. I just found well, the name and then circled the the circle. You filled in the circle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I I knew who I was voting for going in. Like I just went in and boom, 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 boom. Like I, okay, gubernatorial election. Relating to a state governor or the office of state governor. And it is like gubernatorial. <laughs> That's how it's spelled. But where's the B coming from? What do you mean where's the B? Gubernatorial. Right. In the word governor, there's no B. Yeah, there's no U either, but it's G-U-B-E-R. <laughs> Right, like where where are you getting that from? It's like when you, it's like when uh, when you shortened refrigerator to fridge, and there's just a random D now. You just threw an extra letter in there. It's like you. It, it, there's so many words in the English language that I know they just took a Scrabble tile bag, grabbed a handful out, and threw them down, and went, "Okay, what can we make with this?" 
And it's not just silent letters. There's some words that just don't make sense. And I know I'm not the only one that believes this um, because I know people that aren't dyslexic that have trouble spelling a lot of words. Oh, absolutely. Um, receipt. Oh, the E and the I? No, no. It's not Where even that. Go? It's not even that. There's a P in there. It's <laughs> yeah. recipient. It's recipient. <laughs> um, the word Q. Like, oh, I'm gonna like, put that in my yeah, Q U E Q or what, whatever it is. <laughs> you're you're using five letters when you need one. It is so late, and I don't know why we're talking about this because we're gonna get like heated. Okay, so to <laughs> because the listeners love when we delve into the origins of stuff. I doubt yes, they do, yes. but what's, they will now. What's the etymology of this word? So, the origin is is greek and latin all right both uh so it seems like greek is i can't speak greek but it's kubernan uh k-u-b-e-r-n-a-n uh which means to steer latin is gubernare i'm assuming has the a at the end um to steer or govern uh also latin is Gubernator. <laughs> the Gubernator. <laughs> With that's my what, Gubernator. <laughs> that's what the bowler hat guy from Meet the Robinsons should have been called. The yes. Gubernator. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, yeah. So that means governor. And then eel is I-A-L at the end is just uh, the English suffix ending whatever the ending is um, that they just tacked on at the end to make it mean uh, governorial (laughs) it's terrible it's a terrible word we should abolish it and just say the governor elections it's it's I don't know figure a better word dear dear listeners um, if if you (laughs) ever say or write a word and somebody tells you that's not a real word. You've made up that word. That's a made-up word. Fight them. Point them to this word. Let let them know all words are made up. <laughs> true. Very true. Shakespeare made so many words, like, just up. Like, he just invented a language. You shouldn't have to be famous or potentially future famous to create words. Just create them now. Right, right. now. Like, it doesn't have to be just slang terms either. Like, things... I recently found out that the high five was invented by someone that's still alive. Like, yes. I know that's not a word. I think I sent you this video. Yeah, probably. Like, if it's that, if that, if it's <laughs> that easy to do something that, that is now like the easiest thing to teach a child of just a high five, you can make up words, dude. Yeah. You, can, you can change the landscape of an entire language. I mean, to be fair, though. To be fair. Thank you. Finally, after what six episodes, <laughs> um, we do do that. Uh, we do do. do. Uh, um, we do that a lot, though. You know what I mean. And a lot of times, like currently, um, especially for me, stuff I use it ironically at first, and then it turns into like an actual thing that I do on a regular basis, like at work. 
it's still ironic. I would, I would argue it's still entirely ironic. Um, but I dab a lot. Like I, all the time, all the time. Uh, especially after making your mom joke, which again, completely ironic. I, I mean, no offense. And I've cleared it with my coworkers to make sure they're comfortable with those jokes. Um, Hey, Hey Alex, do you mind if I make fun of your mother? (laughs) (laughs) No, like I, 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 if I use those jokes with my coworkers, I always say like, if ever at any point in time you are ever uncomfortable, just tell me. Tell me and I will never say another your mom joke again or a joke like that again. Regardless, I do a lot of dabbing. Um, it is entirely ironic, but it is part of my everyday thing. Um, so I, I I feel like we do that. Um, to be fair, has become a big thing with a lot of people um, because of Letterkenny and when when I started going to college, I didn't really say Pittsburghese a lot. Mm-hmm. But then people like from Yins and stuff. Yeah, but like I I started saying Yins. I say it unironically now. I'll text it, which I feel like when you start texting with slang, <laughs> that's like the biggest indication that it's finally taken over in your head. Yeah, yeah. Um, Yins. Um, one thing that I didn't know was. Uh, Pittsburghese and what like I think started me on my journey of ironically unironically using it was sweeper. Oh my gosh. Which oh no, I did I just bring up something that was an argument in the past. With... <laughs> no, no, it's just words okay. words like this make me want to slap people. <laughs> Not you specifically. It's just my my it's coworker call it a vacuum. My co what do you what do you call this? What do you call this? Something that controls something. Don't say it. That's a clicker, my guy. No, it is not. It's not a clicker. I oh my gosh, my coworker is gonna love you for this, but he always like hand me the clicker. Hand me the clicker. It's you, a remote. It is a remote. You wanted me to say remote control? Yes. I, remote is fine. I don't care. Remote is is actually remote clicker. Same amount of syllables. Just as easy to say. Just say remote. Just say what it's supposed to be. Soda, pop, oh my gosh, don't even get me started. Well, yeah, it's pop. It's so much it's, easier to say. It's one syllable. I don't care. I don't care. I'm no, not you describing. Can't make, you cannot I'm not make describing the, the onopomatic, onomatopomatic syllable for the word. I'm trying to tell you what it is. It's soda. It's not, it's not pop. It's not, it's not sody pop. It's not. Uh, Coke, Coke is a brand for sure. To Atlanta, it's everything. Yeah, to Atlanta, they're stupid. Sorry, <laughs> I'm sorry, Atlanta listeners. We, Roll we time. would. <laughs> that's <laughs> Alabama, my guy. You're you're talking about Atlanta, which is in Georgia, which I don't think they use Coke. No, the 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 Coke factory is in Georgia, like it's in Atlanta. That's fascinating. I'm I don't know sure. any of this. But yeah, that's why they that's why they call it Coke mainly down there. <laughs> All right, now that we're done with those rants. <laughs> We've gone a bit <laughs> off the rails from talking about Holy crap, how did we start this? Politics was 
but I don't even think we. Oh, you asked me how my week was. <laughs> that that whole twenty minute rant was just <laughs> Matt. How was your week? <laughs> how was how was your week, Connor? So right, pretty uneventful. <laughs> That's good. That's good. Uneventful is better than eventful. Well, depending on the eventful, but still. Yeah, it was nice. Um, we finally got the kitchen open at my one job, Ooh, okay. um, and be working in that and that's going to be fun but it's also going to be stupid because i don't like working with food <laughs> yeah i know we worked I, at sheets together for a while and that was a hoot and a half sheets was its own giant to overcome um yeah. especially were was it you that was working the counter when the dude came in and paid with a, uh, a sock full of coins I I think I was working the shift. I don't know if I was working the counter. This guy comes in and wants to buy a pack of cigarettes, I think. And the they tell him the price and he goes, okay. Just whips out a sock and slams it onto the desk onto the counter. And it's just full of coins. And so then <laughs> the, the cashier has to sit there and count every and there's a line building up behind him. And it's just the most ridiculous situation you can ever think of. <laughs> People are a different breed when they come into sheets. But I will say we had some good times. Remember that time we uh, we were working with Joy and you were uh, working the floor cleaner and singing Ducktales over the headset. <laughs> don't don't act like you weren't also singing Ducktales. Oh, me. I was I was definitely singing Ducktales back. Um, that was one of the best <laughs> best times I ever had there. It was great. That was the best shift. That one. Yeah. And then Joy left, and I was very sad. All the joy was gone. <laughs> okay, moving on with the show, just so we can get through this. Matt, do you know what time it is? Oh, is it clever boy time? It's time to see if you're a clever boy. I won last week, so I'm on a yes. I'm on a streak again. You're up two to one. Um, this week we're going to see if you're a triple clever winner. I could not find a better way to phrase that. I'm trying to play do a play on the Triple Crown, yeah. which is like the the one horse that wins all three of the big races. Oh yeah, but whatever. We're a triple clever winner. And next week's quiz is: whose cannon is this? Okay, whose cannon is this? Next, I'm gonna give you. <laughs> As uh, again, the the name of this is whose canon is this? Mm. I'm gonna give you the title of a comic book character. Oh. You're gonna have to tell me if it's a DC or a Marvel character. And I can assume it's not gonna be like Spider Man or uh, like Superman. It's gonna be like super off the wall characters that nobody's ever heard of except for like one run in 1962. Yep. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> There's there's three on here that I say are very well known. Yeah. Um, but the rest of them aren't. Okay, so but it's only Marvel and DC, right? Yes. That there there's no trick questions of like, oh, this is a vertigo comic or whatever. Right, right. Okay. Just just comic book characters that are under the umbrella of Marvel or DC. All right, I can do this, maybe. You ready for the first one? Uh-oh, so ready. I, I think this will be an easy one for you. Okay. Arm fall off, boy. 
Oh, that's DC for sure. He was, uh, he was what, um, Nathan Fillion's character in the Suicide Squad was based off of, right? Final answer? Yeah. 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 That is correct. All right. Nathan Fillion's character was called the Detachable Kid or TDK, mm-hmm. based off of Arm Fall Off Boy, who was a member of the Legion of Superheroes which is the team from the distant future in the DC universe. Mm. So that's one point for you. All right. Um, We agreed last week that you only need six. Um, But I think this week, since this is comics, and you have a slight advantage, uh, that we're going to go with seven. You can't keep changing the rules on me here. (laughs) All right, fine. No, we'll do six. Um, just, just know it's a cheap victory if you win. Number two. I don't care as long as I win. <laughs> Number two. Ready? Yeah. Mogo. 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 M-O-G-O. Is it an acronym or is that his name is Mogo or their name? Their name is Mogo. No acronym not a title it's uh just i'll even tell you this their real name is mogo like it's not even a pseudonym or anything i've legit like i've done a lot of research on a lot of different soup the comic book characters never came across this name i'm gonna go i'm gonna go dc again just because I don't know and I don't I that's my best guess. Final answer? Uh, yes, final answer. That is correct. Yes. Mogo is a living planet that is deemed worthy to join the Green Lantern Corps and is given a power ring. He's one of the more obscure characters, and given how crazy the the Green Lantern Corps is, it's in, it's awesome that there's a living planet. <laughs> so it's like Ego from Marvel if he would have gotten a power ring from... If he was Lantern. a good person, yes. <laughs> okay. All right, that's two correct for you, Matt. Are you ready for number three? I'm so ready. Your character is... Doop. Dupe, dupe, D O O P or yep, D O O P. We've had. See, I I was gonna go the route of any character. I know the Marvel universe a lot better than I know the DC universe. So I was like, any character I don't know, just attribute to the DC. Uh, but I don't think that's a smart idea. It's gonna bite me in the butt. So I'm going to go Marvel with Dupe. Dupe is Marvel. Final answer? Yes. That is correct. Yes! So Dupe is a member of the X-Force and is closely associated with the X-Men. Okay. However... Dupe is not a mutant. 
Okay. It's widely accepted that dupe is an alien creature, I believe. Um, I'm not an expert on dupe. I did. I've watched some videos and done some light reading on him. Mm. Um, the main thing is no one's really sure where dupe came from, who dupe is, anything like that. And um, it's not. There's not many limits to what his powers can do either. But he's sort of just like a wacky and goofy guy. He kind of looks like Slimer from Ghostbusters. Nice. Um, and then he just has like the X symbol on his chest. All right. Fair just enough. a little floating lima beam with unlimited <laughs> power, basically. <laughs> All right. All right, Matt. You have three out of three correct so far. How are you feeling about this? Um, I listen. I want to say feeling good, but I've been guessing for the last two. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't, I don't think they're going to get it easier and I, I don't think I'm going to get any luckier. So we'll see. We'll see. I will be honest with you. Those three were the easy ones. I hate you so, so much. It, it gets, it gets a little harder from here. <laughs> All right. All right. Number four, Captain Carrot and the zoo crew. <sighs> Who makes these comics? <laughs> I mean, I know that's what I'm trying to figure out uh, in this quiz show. <laughs> Literally the, the reason behind this. But what? Captain Carrot and the Zoo Crew? Captain Carrot and the Zoo Crew. I'm going to... Come on. I... Uh... Yeah. Uh... This is a Marvel. Marvel's my best guess. Final answer. Final answer? Yeah. Matt, that is incorrect. (sighs) Ah, I knew it wouldn't last forever. Captain Carrot and the Zoo Crew is an alternate Earth version of the Justice League. They need to quit with the alternate Earth versions. Um, If I remember correctly, it is an Earth 32? Um, which is like one of the ones that's not really talked about a lot. Yeah, um, that's fair because they have characters like Captain Carrot and the Zoo Crew. I don't know why you're hating on Captain Carrot. He didn't it's, do anything wrong. What is it? What does he do? Like, is his powers really great eyesight and like carrots shoot out of his wrists or something? No, he's like a super strong bunny. Hold on. He's like a super strong bunny. Okay. Yeah. No, I guess that's that's pretty that's pretty DC. So so the members of the zoo crew are Captain Carrot, Pig Iron, Alley Cat Tech, Alley Cat Abra, Fastback, Rubber Duck, Yankee Poodle, Little Cheese, and the American Eagle. Nice. Not a not a comic series I would ever read. <laughs> Let's see. Uh Captain Carrot is is it Roger Rabbit? No, I, it's it, his name is Roger Rabbit, but there was confusion it says here over the fact that it sounds like he is Roger Rabbit. It seems they're from Earth 26. Listen, I'm I'm hating on 
Captain Carrot and the Zoo Crew, but like you know that someone who's listening right this second is probably like, oh my god, like those those are my favorite characters. That was my favorite run that DC ever did, this and is he's the best comic book ever created. <laughs> he, he's bashing on on Captain Carrot and the Zoo Crew, and I'm I on it. I don't feel bad. I don't feel bad if that's your favorite comic book character. I mean that you can have your favorite comic book characters, whatever you want it to be. It could be the little shark that's in Marvel right now. The little, little shark with legs. It could be, it could be. That's, that's probably my favorite character. If I'm being hundred percent honest, one of the most adorable things that have ever <laughs> been created. I'm just saying you can like whatever you want, but I have the right to say that that is a garbage, garbage run. In my opinion, uh, let me let me see if this changes your mind. It so won't. Pig, Pig Iron. His real name is uh, Peter Porkchops. I hate that so much. Oh, oh, just wait. Uh, <laughs> he he's a pig from Pigsburg. Oh no! Who was struck by a meteor fragment <laughs> and fell along with the meteorite into a vat of molten metal and still meal where he worked. The consequent chemical reaction transformed his now enormous body into living steel when the strength and availability to match. So he's like kind of like Colossus, but obviously DC and not Colossus. Right. Oh, it started as a 16-page insert in the new Teen Titans number 16. Teen Titans. Yeah. So, I don't know, it's pretty cool. It's recent, but yeah, okay. that's that's Captain Carrot and the Zoo Crew. I think we've bored our listeners enough. I think we should move no, on. No, everyone, next. everyone's out there googling the Zoo Crew, <laughs> getting uh, buying getting the little, runs. They're getting little cheese tattooed on them and everything. Listen, if I'm getting anybody tattooed, it's the Ali Katabra. Uh, let us know in the comments who your favorite of the zoo crew is. <laughs> All right, Matt. So that was your first wrong answer. Yeah, I know. But we still got uh, six more to go. Next one. Sorry, this might be my favorite one. Ugh. Hell cow. Huh? Hell cow. Hell cow? H-E-L-L-C-O-W. Like moo cow. All right. Uh, Hell cow. Gosh, what? Marvel and DC, get your crap together. Get your crap together. (laughs) These characters should... What? Okay, Marvel. I'm, I'm, I'm done playing. I'm done. I'm just gonna mean? guess. I'm just gonna guess. I'm just gonna guess from here on out. What's Marvel. wrong with Hellcat? Why? Why are you acting like this is the worst thing you ever heard? Because the anim- First of all, first of all, you have to be very selective and tasteful when you're doing animal themed superheroes. Yeah. All right. Spider Man. I know not an animal. I mean, it's it's Spider Man fine i'm cool with that batman batman's pretty cool they they were able to do a cool suit they were able to do a cool story um they very good very good very tasteful ant-man again insect blah 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 but animal like um you know he, they did that really well mm-hmm. hell cow 
You're telling me Hell Cow? How long did Hell Cow last? Like an issue or two? Um, I don't have that information relatively <laughs> available right now. Um, but if you give me a second, let's see what we can it, pull up about we, we really don't have to bore our listeners, <laughs> but <laughs> uh, are you sure? I just found Hellcow's <laughs> literal stats. Oh my gosh, stats! Somebody cared enough about Hellcow to create a stat block for them. All right, are you ready? Marvel, Marvel's my Marvel? answer. Yeah. I will tell you, you are correct. Hellcat oh, thank you. Created by Marvel. Um, he's relatively usually with uh, Deadpool and things. I, I hate to say it, but I guess that's fair. Circa 1675, Bessie, a domesticated cow living in a Swiss farm, becomes the prey of Count Dracula, who is unable <sighs> to find any available humans to feed on. Bessie seemingly dies, and an upset Hans, her owner, lays her to rest. Unbeknownst to Hans, Bessie had become an undead monster known as Hellcow, which raises from her grave some three nights later in search of Dracula to take revenge on him. I I hate it so much, but like that's very Deadpool. Uh, that's that's very Deadpool. So I I guess I'll let it slide. <laughs> Best uh, Hellcow made her official debut in Giant-Sized Man-Thing number 5 in August of 1975. Um, and the, the characters teamed up with many people, but m most likely, mostly it's Deadpool is um, mm -hmm. who she'll team up with. But yeah. She is menacing. Yeah, that's Hellcow. Wow, we... I mean, some pictures, she's just like a a cow with, like, red eyes and a cloak. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's so great. Uh, and then in some pictures, she's, like, obviously, hell cow, demonic. Um, very interesting. Question. Why? It's a she? Why, yeah. why does she have horns? Uh, devil cow. I, I guess. I Sending mixed signals here. Lots of mixed signals. Hey, man, I'm just reporting on what I found. <laughs> yeah. All right. Are you ready for your next one? I am more than ready. Your character's name is Orb. Orb? Oh, oh, oh. I feel like... I feel like I've heard of this one. I feel like I know it, but... Or I'm gonna get it wrong and I'm gonna feel stupid. Um Marvel. Marvel? Marvel. Final answer? Marvel. Final answer. That is correct. Oh yes. Orb is from the Marvel Universe, um, from what I can tell here. Uh, let's see, where where did it go? 
Orb was born with a head in the form of a giant eye. Due to this deformity, he was abandoned by his parents at an early age and raised in a freak show, where he was forced to sleep in cages and eat cat food. The orb grew up, laughed at and mocked, and stayed a... Why does that need to be in his biography? <laughs> I'm not reading that line. That's not inf information anyone needs. Oh, man. If you want to look it up the orb on uh, fandom, but like that's stupid to include. Uh, he wasn't able to speak for a long time before he learned he could just make squishy sounds. <laughs> okay. If you look him up, he's literally just an, a giant eye on a regular dude's body. Yes, yes, I've heard of this one. Such a such a weird character. He's he was at one point looks like the eyepiece of the Watcher. Or, like, was closely related with the Watcher at some point? <laughs> yeah. Okay, I see what you're saying. That is definitely not necessary to put yeah. in there. Yeah, why uh, would you add that? I mean, I assume to highlight on his deformity, I guess, which I think is a little insensitive, but, you it's know. Sh it's shame. It's shaming him. Yeah. And I'm not going to stand for that. I'm not going to promote that. If you're shaming people, listen, listen, listeners. If you're shaming people with giant eyeballs for heads, you need to look inward. Maybe, maybe you're shaming your own giant eyeballs. Yeah, because I can promise you, he sees something in you that you don't see in him. Because he's all giant eyeball. Yeah. He exactly. sees really well. <laughs> <laughs> or half as well, just bigger. <laughs> All right, that you got that last one correct, Matt. I'm Next one, number seven. Big Bertha. Big Bertha. Listen. <sighs> yep. Ah, uh, I'm gonna. Gosh darn it, big. I'm gonna go just on a complete and total guess i'm gonna go dc for this one final answer final answer unfortunately matt that is incorrect i hate you i think <laughs> you might have been thinking of big barda who is the wife to mr miracle aka scott free uh, his his real name, the man who can escape things. His name was Scott Free, um, but Big Barda. Was... Oh, he was the one. He was the one in. Um... Wait a second. Hmm. Is that the guy in She Hulk? No. Mister Miracle and Big Barda are from DC. Okay. Big Bertha, if you've ever seen anything from the Great Lake Avengers is the muscle on that team yeah i have it um let me pull up her biography for you the the reason there's a character like mr miracle i guess um in that was in the she-hulk the guy that the ladies were suing because um he yes. kept killing himself but then coming back to life to escape the marriage essentially 
Yes, that is a different character. Gotcha. Gotcha. He might have a similar name. Um, I think it had something to do with miracles, but um, yeah, it could be just a different character entirely. Okay. Let's see. Did I have her pulled up? I didn't. Um, basically, if you ever seen um, the uh, West Coast event, or not West Coast, um, Great Lakes Avengers. She is in the yellow singlet. Um, she is very large. She is a mutant. Um, she is very strong. Uh, she has the ability to alter her size and mass, as well as the durability to match that. Nice. Yeah, uh, I I recommend looking into the Great Lake Avengers. They're they're interesting. Um, I've I've heard of them over the years. Their one member is uh, Flatman, who basically looks just like Mister Fantastic, and like can stretch and everything just like he can, but he's completely flat. Like he's nice. a two, he's a two dimensional being. Nice, very it's interesting, very very <laughs> funny. All right, but that is the wrong answer for you, Matt. Yeah, uh, yeah. We are on to our next question. The blonde phantom. Whose cannon is that? The blonde phantom. The blonde phantom. Gosh. The blonde phantom. Blonde phantom. Um. Mm-hmm. I hate these these this line of questioning because it makes me it makes me second guess everything that I've learned over the years as far as Marvel and DC comics goes. I'm gonna go DC. 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 The Blonde Phantom is DC. Is that your final answer? Unfortunately, yes. That is incorrect. Gosh darn it. I'm phoning a friend on the next one. (laughs) The Blonde Phantom is sort of based off of like hard-boiled detectives from... um, the early comics and everything. Um, she was originally a timely comics character mm. back before they were Marvel. Um, and she was part of the, the golden age of comics. And her last appearance in that time was in 1949. But she wasn't seen again for 48, for 40 years until 1989. She showed up in this essential, this ascent, the sensational She-Hulk run. Mm. Um, where she was a middle-aged widow with two children. Very interesting. Her daughter then becomes the superhero blonde phantom in uh, later in the same run of Sensational. Jesus, since <laughs> Sensational since, Shield. <laughs> yes, that run uh, <laughs> in January of nineteen ninety-one. Okay. Um, I don't know if she has any powers, but she she donned a domino face mask which is just like those small black masks um mm-hmm. a scarlet red evening gown and heels and 
fuck crime with an automatic pistol. Nice. That's, so that's the way to do it. That's what's up. <laughs> All right, Matt. Number nine. Uh huh. Bullet Man and Bullet Girl. I hate you so much. <laughs> what? Who wrote Bullet Man and Bullet Girl? I'm saying this only because we've had a, a couple Marvels in a row. So this is how I take tests. If I've had too many letters in a row, I switch letters. Um, DC. Final answer? Yeah. Bullet Man debuted in Fawcett Comics, Nickel Comics number one in May 17th, 1940, and appeared there until his own cut and appeared there in his own title and in Master Comics up until 1949 before falling into comics limbo. DC Comics licensed the Fawcett characters in 1972 and associated Bullet Man with the Marvel family and the All Star Squadron. All right. So you got that one correct. Pretty sure, if my math is correct, that brings me to 6 out of 10. So technically I've won, but I'll still answer number 10 just in case. We're, we're going to put a big technically on it. <laughs> Hopefully, if I answer number 10 right, then I'll have your 7 out of 10, but I'll also have my 6 out of 10. So Exactly. So I liked picking this one. Um, because you've called me out in the last few quizzes for trick questions that weren't technically quick trick questions, but this one was technically a trick question. Uh huh. Um, so when Bullet Man and Bullet Girl, uh, Jim Barr and his girlfriend, later wife Susan Kent, um, were first established, they were in the Fawcett Comics, mm. but Fawcett Comics were later acquired by DC and they became part of the DC canon of superheroes. Right. Um, and so I was hoping that would trip you up, uh, that they were originally a Fawcett comics character. Um, but you were able to get that one. I've and never heard of them. So neither had I. <laughs> so there's no way I would know that they were Fawcett comics characters. Um, Bullet man was Jim Barr, who was left alone when his police officer father was targeted by criminals. He became a friends, uh, forensic scientist and ballistics expert, of course. Mm -hmm. He developed a serum to remove people's criminal in inclinations, but when he tried it on himself, he gained a greater power, muscle power and brain power. With a gravity-regulating helmet that allowed him to fly, he fought crime as Bullet Man. His girlfriend, later wife, Susan Kent, joined him as Bullet Girl. Can you imagine flying around with just your head like your head is just pulling your your flailing body everywhere yep. you're you're just like how do you unless it like changes the way your brain works to allow you to fly you have to jump head first and then it just pulls you right right it's like a mjolnir but for your head right <clears throat> yeah so he's just like the only thing, his neck must hurt at the end of the night. You know, right. you know what I mean. Like, 
like unless he's just like Magneto does, where he just kind of is straight up and down. If you're flying, your your natural inclination is to be at an angle. You know what I mean? So if he's flying, I mean, there's nothing. Oh man, that would hurt. He'd have to like, uh, you know, he's like probably the, got the straightest back ever, though. <laughs> probably. Like, there's no way that man has scoliosis. <laughs> He's got to go to the chiropractor though for those neck problems. For neck problems for sure, but yeah. All right, Matt, are you ready for the final one? Final question. Let's go. Whose canon is Brother Power the Geek? Brother Power the Geek. Brother Power the Geek. I. If I. We need to start recording in the same room so that I can punch you when I need to. Because <laughs> you anger me, Connor. I don't believe violence is very becoming of a clever. I don't boy. believe violence. Shut up. <laughs> it's Marvel Comics. That's <laughs> it's Marvel Comics. Final answer. Yeah. In the 1960s, DC Comics struggled to connect to the counterculture. One oddball attempt was Brother Power the Geek, which debuted Uh, in October 1968. A reworking of the Frankenstein myth, Brother Power was a tailor's dummy clad in hippie wet clothes. After months, the dummy became animated when it was struck by lightning. Brother Power fell into the psychedelic circus, ran for Congress, and was chased by a biker gang. Hey, DC Comics, little little message for you here. Um, that's not how anything works. In his second and final issue, December 1968, Brother Power was shot into space by the order of then-California Governor Ronald Reagan. He didn't come back from the <laughs> comics limbo until 1989, appearing in Swamp Thing Annual Number 5. And Vertigo one shot, which recast him as a failed elemental. Classic Reagan. It's was, it was crazy. It, it, to be fair, though, based on Reagan's policies, trickle down. He did trickle down. He did. That, he did trickle back down to Earth. But how does sending him into space help with the, a wealth disparity, Matt? Trick, trickle down economics, Connor. That's how. Shoot him as, as far as you can, and then eventually he'll trickle down to back down to Earth. But that's not how gravity works. <laughs> yeah, but that's how trickle down economics works. <laughs> I, clearly, that's not how trickle down <laughs> economics works, because if that's how it worked. No, it would be working. No, we're just not shooting it far enough. We're just not putting the money far enough. You're right. The billionaires aren't richer yet. We need to get them more money. We need to send them to space. That's what we really need to do. Send there them to space and it'll make its way here. That's just physics. Exactly. <laughs> Alrighty, Matt, would you like to introduce your topic for this week? Um, no, 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 no. I got six out of ten, so I need you to I need you to say it. <laughs> Matt, for getting six out of ten, you win this week's clever board quiz, which makes you a triple clever winner. Yeah, yeah. All so right. On your total win loss column, you have three wins and one loss. Yep. Yep. It's looking up for me, baby. So I was at work. And 
on Netflix, there is a uh, game, a trivia mm-hmm. game um, that I played, not Trivia Crack, the better trivia game. Um, and it's on it. It's really difficult. There's really difficult questions. The only reason I beat the game is because I ha- I went through it so many times um, that I started memorizing the, the answers to questions. Um, it's freaking impossible to beat the game, but I did. It's not impossible. It's very difficult. Very difficult. That's not my topic, but I just wanted to tell you. I, I did my trivia practice this weekend. So what you're saying is I have to make the quizzes harder. What I'm saying is you need to we need to film the quiz segment a hundred times and then I'll eventually memorize all the answers and get everything correct. Are you sure? Do you want to retry who's bonier? Do you think you can remember <laughs> yes. the answers? Oh, another thing I would like to point out. Babies are technically humans. We are not doing no, no. Babies. I'm not talking about in the womb babies because that's another debate entirely. I'm talking babies outside of the womb have more bones than we do currently than they do when they age and become adults. Right, but that has no bearing on what happened in that. You you said which has more humans, which babies are a part of or Babies, babies are barely people. They're still people. They are still part of the human species, which means that I would have gotten a few of those correct. But you didn't. I think we need... I Yeah, I didn't then, but I think we need to have a referee go back and listen um, and listen to all of the answers with this new bone range in, in mind. There's you know? no bone range. Yeah, we were, it's we were going off the adult range. Two hundred six to like, do you know how many bones babies have? It's like three hundred. We were going off of the adult range for all of those species. We so didn't specify we... that at first. I don't have to specify anything to you. <laughs> Listen, I, you know, we'll let it slide this time. I mean, we'll you, let can, it slide. you can either let it slide or just stay salty forever. <laughs> no, no, no. We're going to let it slide and I'm going to stay salty forever. No, no. It's got to be one <laughs> or the other. You can't do both. All right. My topic for this episode, my topic for this episode is dragons. Okay. The, specifically, whether or not they were real. And I would, I, I would like to give my my opening argument, uh, and then you can give a rebuttal or an agreeal. I don't remember what the legal term for <laughs> agreeal is. Um, so, first of all, first of all, dragons. It based on current species, current animals that that have evolved from animals of the past over you know millions of years whatever it is um based on all of that you, you would assume that that dragons in order to fly would be like the animals of today and some of the animals of back then that had to that had to have hollow bones like birds do in order to to to, to fly to stay in flight to you know be light enough 
but also, I guess, sturdy enough, light enough to be able to, to fly. So if dragons had hollow bones, it also means that they would not fossilize well or at all, which means that the, the, the countless civilizations that at the time could not have been communicating with each other, the countless civilizations that didn't have communication with each other that all saw and depicted in some sort of way writings or art, dragon-like creatures, winged lizards. Listen, dragons are real. Dragons are 100% real, or at least they were. Maybe they still are. Maybe that's why... Maybe maybe they evolved to live in the cold, and they live in Antarctica right now, or one of the Arctics, or in the water, who knows? But by doing all of this pollution and all of these this this stuff and the, the ice caps are melting, the dragons are going to come back and they're going to wipe out the entirety of civilization. One can hope, you know. Also, <laughs> it is, it's in the Bible. It's in, <laughs> there is dragons in the Bible. There's dragons in the Bible, so... Do you want to run me that reference? You want to run me uh, that reference? Revelation, my guy. Revelation. There's there's lots of stuff. Depictions of dragons. Stuff like that. So, I... I, I rest my case. There is no evidence that uh, could contradict this at, at all. Totally. What are you classifying as a dragon? Um. Okay. So... From a fantasy perspective, essentially, not even just winged lizards, because like Japanese dragons don't have wings, but they can fly. You know what I mean? The the luck dragon doesn't have wings, but he can fly. Um, so not necessarily winged lizards, I guess. Hmm, that's that's a good question. Um, large lizards that. I don't know what the actual tart like the definition of a dragon is, um, because they're so, they're all different. Some of them. So then, if you don't have a basic definition of what a dragon is, then you don't have any proof of. You don't have any basis for us to find our proof. So what you're saying is, here's an idea that you cannot sub uh, substantiate at all because there's no clear definition for it. Most people want to say that the the anglicized version of a dragon, large wings, um, four legs, tail, breathes fire, is a dragon. Some people will say that if it doesn't breathe fire, it doesn't have it's not a dragon. If it doesn't have four legs, it's not a dragon. What what's that? So if you have all these different ideas and specifications for what a dragon is then those aren't all dragons. Those are just, hey, Carl came up with that idea of something that might be cool. Should we build a statue to it? And that's probably what happened. For Let me let me tell you the intelligence level of people that, that you're working with here. I don't mean to bring everything back to Pokemon, but uh, the reason that Charmander is a fire charm, like a uh, lizard, is they used to believe that salamanders were born from fire because they would throw a log onto the fire and then a salamander would come running out of the fire. Mm. Not once did they think, hey, 
maybe salamanders just live under these logs that were burning. <laughs> and secondly, the the like the not even just the elements, but the actual design of the dragons. Yes, you have similarities such as in like um, South American dragons and uh, East Asian dragons, but then you get into like the dragons, the Greek dragons, opposed to wyverns, um, worms, things like that. Like, there's so many variations in it. You have to think either somebody started with one story and it just got crazy due to oral tradition, or they're all just made up, and that's why there's so many different reasons for it. When we get into topics like Bigfoot, most of the accounts of, like, Sasquatch, Yeti, things that, like, are somewhat related, the only difference is, like, the climate that they were found in. The physical characteristics are usually the same. Mm -hmm. Yeti sometimes has more white fur, but we look at polar bears and brown bears, we don't say those are two completely different creatures. They just have different fur. When we get into dragons, it's such a huge disparity in what it is. I cannot believe that they're all the same thing. And so, therefore, with the way that an imagination runs, especially back then when there was nothing to do besides just create stories and tell oral traditions, I believe that they're just stories. Either that or we found bones way before we think dinosaur bones were found. <clears throat> Excuse me. And people were just like, oh, my goodness, this had to be a dragon. Look how big this lizard was. Mm -hmm. I would also like to point. <laughs> I would also like to point something else out that I'm I'm just now thinking of that I didn't have in mind when I was thinking of my topic for this week. Skyrim <laughs> dragons. On on the thought that dragons would have to have hollow bones, at least flying dragons, the Anglo anglicized dragons with four legs, two wings, breathing fire. If those dragons were to fly, they would have to have hollow bones because thick bones, the bones that are not hollow, way too heavy, way too heavy for a flying creature on top of all of the scale plating armor, you know, stuff like that, that dragons traditionally have very right. heavy. Those bones would not weigh that much because every time you pick up those bones in Skyrim, you're weighed down, you're encumbered, and you have to get rid of items in order to carry the, the dragon bones. But the dragon bones are super valuable, so you don't want to just like leave them there and like lose them. Well, I don't know if dragon bones technically have to be, because um, the reason why birds have hollow bones is because they don't always just use their self-propeller. They also use wind currents to fly. Um, and, like, if we look at other flying creatures, like, according to the laws of aerodynamics, bees should not be able to fly. Right. Their, their tiny wings are too fat, are too small to fly, to, to propel their tiny fat bodies. Yet, they fly. Mm -hmm. And so, again, I don't want to fully diminish your belief. You can believe dragons are real if you want, but if your entire basis is based off of the idea that they had hollow bones, so those would decompose faster and easier, so that fossils cannot be found. Um, <laughs> Listen, te technically, I, they don't have to have hollow bones. As as a Christian, my entire ideology uh, relies on faith, and I just i <laughs> I just have to have faith 
the dragons existed without having any substantial evidence. You know what I mean? And that's fair. I, I just, I know I came at it with a completely analytical way and just sat there and dismissed everything that you said. <laughs> to be fair, you presented it like it was a court argument. And I, all, I, all I have to say is the defense rests, Your Honor. Um, also, to be fair, you can't prove that dragons didn't exist based on based on the single fact, single theory that they had hollow bones. I can't prove that they did exist, nor can you prove that they didn't exist because of that single solitary theory. So I guess in all technicalities, we're at a, you know, at a, at a standstill in the middle, like, you know, that's your, I'm, if this, if this was, an analytical argument uh, in which I had prepared facts and you had prepared facts. Um, I would be the the religious person because most religions are built off of you know faith, not actually seeing you know stuff like that. Um, most non-religious beliefs are very very scientific and very uh, based off of um, just scientific findings. So are you I calling me like a dragon atheist? I'm calling you a dragon atheist. That's, That's exactly weird. what I'm calling you. <laughs> in, in high school, I did a debate in one of my classes once uh, about whether or not Santa Claus was real. Oh, boy. Excuse me. I was on the affirmative. Um, Santa the, Claus is real? Yes. Okay. Um, we, we had two arguments. Um, my opponent took, uh, took the argument of, um, here's all the facts that would have to be true if Santa was real, um, such as how fast the reindeer would be having to go to hit every single house in the world. Like it was this crazy fast speed and math problem and things that wouldn't work. Um, we then rebutted that with, um, the idea of St. Nicholas, the real person who became the story of Santa Claus. Um, they then had a second point that I don't remember. Um, and it was very high tensions. We were sort of like yelling, speaking fast and everything. They were standing up. Then we get to me on my second point. I didn't plan this at all. <laughs> okay. um, what what just happened was pure, unadulterated, just improv magic. Yeah. Where I just sat there and I went, Santa Claus is real because what Santa Claus is is an idea, uh, something that lives inside each and every one of us. The idea to do good for people because we want to do good, or the idea to give other things, give to those who want it, and like this this joy that we bring to other people, and basically the embodiment of Christmas spirit within ourselves during this time. Santa is that 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 santa is what you feel during this time blah 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 like just like a bunch of emotional mumbo jumbo at that point and we won the debate <laughs> and our our teacher was like so the basis of this question came from an article it was like one of those like write-ins um uh um uh what like you would uh self not self-help but like like uh dear deirdre like things like that yeah i i see what you're saying 
Um, and it was this like nine year girl, nine year old girl that was like, "Hi, is Santa real?" And the guy responded with a very similar answer to the one that I gave. Nice. (laughs) So I was just like, "Yeah." Listen, I, you are, dare I say, a little bit too good at improv, (laughs) and I. I hate that about you. I love it because you're hilarious most of the time, at least. Um, and you <laughs> and you are very good at uh, Who's Line, um, which for the listeners at home who don't know, that is our version of Who's Line Is It Anyway? Uh, we were Waynesburg University, so Woo, Who's Line. Uh, Who's uh, Line is not affiliated with the CVW television show Who's Line Is It Anyways, uh, nor have they ever been affiliated with that show. Yeah, for, for legal reasons. For legal reasons. Um, um, anyway, so you're very good at it. I, however, um, I could be equated to a sack of potatoes whenever it comes to any sort of improv. Um, like so my the... blind, my mind goes completely blank anytime I'm faced with a stressful situation. Just blank. The most basic and like important principle to improv. Um, listeners, if you don't know, is uh, yes and. Basically, if someone says mm. something, you then say yeah, and then build on it. And um, I, I tried to help Matt several times. <laughs> uh, and I would just like give him something, and he'd go yeah, for sure. Uh, 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 like, <laughs> you, got so yes, you got the yes part down. It was You just struggled with the and. Yeah, no. Um, and actually, as I was reading about podcasts when you we were planning on like starting the podcast, uh, which shout out to the McElroy brothers, even though they're not Patreon subscribers. Um, I yes. they I did read their book. Um, everybody has a podcast except for you or except you. Doesn't matter. Um, good book. Uh, but they talked about yes ending. Um, to to kind of keep the flow going, which is which is really good. Um, I also. Yeah, no, that, that's a that's a good point. It's also good in D and D to keep the story flowing in there yes. as well. I find it so ironic that that's one of their tips, given how many times Griffin will just shut down any bit that Travis <laughs> no, starts. No, no, no. <laughs> hey, Travis, I hate that. <laughs> they it they made me who I am today. Um, I could not be here without them. Um, I'm I love so, them. Love I'm them so glad you introduced me to them. I listen <laughs> every week to their podcast, and it's always good. You you can thank Galen if I'm being a hundred percent honest, because she introduced me to them uh, through the YouTube like short mm-hmm. short clips, um, just like sitting there listening to their like the the best of or like the funniest moments. Um, in some of the episodes she showed me shrimp heaven now first i believe or one of the first and it was the funniest thing i ever heard so that's that's kind of what got me into them you you had mentioned them to me a few times and kept telling me i needed to listen and one thing about me is if anyone ever recommends something (laughs) to me i immediately was like well i'm never (laughs) watching that the hipster in me if i'm not first i'm never doing it it's not even that it's just (laughs) that i have no interest in that now 
Like when when Squid Games was out, everyone was like, "You have to watch Squid Games. It's the greatest show ever." It's like I'm no. Every time you say that, it makes me want to watch it less. <laughs> um, but like that happened when he was like, "You you got to listen to it. You got to listen to it. It's great." And then on TikTok, because everything comes back to that now. Uh huh. Um, someone was dubbing the Olive Garden bit. <laughs> With the um, pasta in the tube. Yeah, with the <laughs> eating uh, <laughs> pasta chips, I think is what he, the, the guy called them. Uh-huh. And I was like, Matt, what is this from? Like, well, this is great, right? And he goes, that's from my brother, my brother and me. And I was like, <laughs> find me the episode now. I think I did. I think I had I, I had some searching to do, but I did find the episode eventually. Yeah, no, that they're, they are top tier top tier absolutely i will recommend them to anyone and everyone yeah if you if you're looking for a podcast i highly recommend that um there are like inside jokes and things but honestly just jump in whenever and i promise it'll make sense yeah i i i started like i i got into them obviously after they were several hundred episodes in um so i tried to start from the beginning and then i got to I think episodes like in the 300s um I think there's like 5 or 600 now um it's yeah. it's impossible to listen to it from the beginning unless you have a lot of time on your hands so start from the newest episode start just randomly listening to episodes that sound cool I don't know um I'd say all the new ep- like start randomly listening to the new episodes as they come out and look for their live shows um yeah uh, those are always good. They're always chaotic and fun, um, but like in a good way. We little disclaimer for the listeners at home: we are not like sponsored or partnering with my brother, my brother and me, or we, any we of the. Wish Mac- we were. I wish more than anything that I was, but I'm just promoting them because I love them so much. <laughs> they they are like. I don't want to say idols, but like they're role models. That's the word I'm looking for. Yes. If, if my, my dream would be to either have them hear this ever, like just this show ever, um, or to have them on the show, that would be to do an episode with them would be just one of them. Yeah. One of them. Even if it was Clint, Clint, (laughs) you want to talk? What do you mean? What do you mean? Even if it was Clint? Well, some people don't think Clint is that important, but Clint started it all. Clint is the reason I come come in. (laughs) Clint is sometimes the funniest one of all of them. Of course, I want peanut butter, Clint. (laughs) (laughs) They they each have their moments. I will give it to them. Um, but regardless, uh. That would be a dream come true. I would probably pass out or die afterwards. Yeah. Um. But I would be dying happy. You know. I'd, I. I would be dying happy. All right. Yeah. <laughs> I. I. I fully agree. They're great. Um. We. We are going a little long, but uh, I just have one more thing I wanted to talk about real quick. Um, okay. Did you Did you hear the news? The, 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 the biggest news of this week. Uh, there was an election that was held this week. Um, this It was very important. Um, we, we had, there was voting done to make sure that the best possible candidate was chosen. And I, for one, finally feel secure 
that who was chosen was the right choice. I feel like where we're going as a country with this person in this position, I finally feel safe and secure with what my future is looking like. Was there another cat elected mayor somewhere or like governor? Uh, no, Chris Evans was voted 2022 sexiest man alive. <laughs> <laughs> that's not where I thought you were going with that. I that's really not where I thought you were going with that. Yeah, no. Um, if if you didn't hear, people's sexiest man alive for 2022 is Chris Evans, aka Captain America. Yeah. Um, my favorite Avenger and the hottest of the Chris's. We, <laughs> we, we I knew I knew you were gonna do this. <laughs> for listeners at home, we've had uh this debate for a long time. Um it's all throughout college, uh, which Chris was the hottest. And it's not even just like I mean, okay, of of the Avengers, Chris Hemsworth takes it by far. No. Uh of the Chris's, like the acting Chris's, um definitely Chris Pine. Definitely Chris Pine. Chris Chris Pine is hot, yeah. but I'm looking at it from a couple different factors. Mm-hmm. Chris Hemsworth is not a good cuddler. He's too big to be a good cuddler. He's too yeah. bulky. Chris Evans will throw on a nice sweater. He'll sit and read a book with me on a rainy day by a fire. Uh, that is the man that'll be there, that'll <laughs> cuddle me, that'll have a nice time with me. Ransom from Knives Out in the white sweater. Yeah, absolutely. Peak. I can see that. Peak. I mean, he was he was a ah, I shouldn't spoil the movie in case anybody hasn't seen it. Uh <laughs> he wasn't a great guy. <laughs> no. But not, not a good fellow, but that but sweater? That was Ransom, <laughs> not Chris Evans. <laughs> true, true. But um I was talking about this with uh with our friend Courtney. And um, I told her that Chris Evans won, and she was like, "Oh, I was like, what? You didn't think she should that he should win?" She said, "No." And I, so I was like, "Okay, well, who do you think should be the sexiest man alive?" And she looked at me, dead in my face, and she said, "She said to me, I don't know who to pick. Do they have to be alive?" <laughs> sexiest man alive. Yes, yes, they very much have to be alive. Does the sexiest man alive have to be alive to get voted in? They should. They should start a, a sexiest dead man. Uh, <laughs> sexiest, sexiest dead man. Uh. Uh, thank you so much for listening. Uh, if you'd like to follow us on Twitter and Instagram and TikTok, we are at the Garlic Boys. Um, you can also support us on Patreon for as little as three dollars a month. Um, we have several different tiers, whichever one works best for you. Please, we appreciate the support, as well as we um, will be posting episodes on YouTube for the video version. Those posts will be going up um, a month after they're filmed, and those will be going up every Wednesday. Um, So if you go and search us on YouTube right now um, or click the link in the description, you'll be able to watch our first episode, um, which was Halloween Shampoo 
and cryptids i think something like that yeah halloween monsters and shampoo i think was um you'll be able to watch the video version of the podcast on there uh matt any final thoughts um i mean sort of kind of just on the same line um any support helps you know like saying that you really like the podcast to us in person or online that's dope that that boosts our spirits a lot makes us you know remember why we're doing this but on is obviously monetary also helps but liking and sharing also helps word mm-hmm. of mouth great for starting podcasts so um anything you do helps we appreciate it all we understand not everybody has money to to just you know willy-nilly throw away especially in the age of streaming and stuff but i'll cut my rant short <laughs> i appreciate it is what i'm trying to say for everybody out there yeah definitely we definitely appreciate whatever you're able to do simply just sharing it with your friends um but yeah if you feel so inclined to to visit our patreon i'm not going to stop you <laughs> all right thank you all so much for listening and as always remember to stay garlicky you, you always say that you're ready and it's a lag but that one you were totally not ready for that one i definitely wasn't ready for all right ready three two one stay, stay garlicky, garlicky. <laughs>